Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. So hello there and welcome back to The Bright Eyed. My guest today is a junior at the Orange County School of the Arts in the Commercial Dance Conservatory. After being trained with Geoffrey Ballet, he's gone on to be a national title winner and tour with the dance convention all over the United States. Outside of dance, Jonah maintains a lifestyle and fashion blog, enjoys acting, and has an interest in public speaking and business. Welcome to the show, Jonah. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So first off, when did you first start dancing? So I first started dancing when I was, I want to say 11, and uh, I kind of honestly just fell into it. Um, I did a whole bunch of sports when I was little, and I tried, you know, all the sports you can think of, baseball, soccer, uh, I did a little bit of football, and it's just, I kind of just wasn't really feeling that, you know, it wasn't really for me. I just wasn't feeling like I was having fun. I didn't love it. I kind of dreaded going to the practices. I really only wanted to do the games. So that for me just didn't feel joyful. And I didn't, I didn't feel the energy and the positivity and the, the aroma that I wanted from doing something that I enjoyed. So, you know, it was just kind of random. And I, I was watching, um, I'm sure you've heard of the TV show, Dance Moms. Yes. I was watching <laughs> the TV show. Yeah. And uh, saw them and I was like, gosh, that looks like so much fun. So I kind of just fell into it. You know, I was like, you know, why don't we try to get class? So my mom and I we went down to the local studio and uh, I'm still at that studio to this day, which is awesome. So the studio I started at, you know, six, seven years ago is the studio that I'm still at and training with, which is so cool. Um, it was just a really cool opportunity for me to go try something totally new and different. And, you know, uh, male representation in the dance industry is very low. So I think it's just super awesome that I'm able to do something that not a lot of males or boys uh, do or not a lot of people know about. So I think it's just super cool that I'm able and blessed to be able to do that every day. So that's kind of when I first started dancing when I was about 11 or 12. Uh, I just kind of, you know, fell into it and I've been doing it ever since, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? I mean, six years, that's a really long dance career. What's yeah. like kept you that long into dance? Just probably, honestly, the joy it gives me. Um, and there's nothing else that I can do that makes me feel the way dancing does. And whether that be when I'm on stage or even in a rehearsal sometimes, I just get that vibe and that and that joy that that moving and telling a story uh, in a way that maybe words can't express. I think that just keeps me, keeps me driving forward. And just honestly, the connections and the networking that I'm able to do in the industry and all the people and the faces that I've been able to see and just all the cool, cool people it's brought me in connection with over the six years that I've been doing it, I think is honestly what keeps me going and keeps, uh, keeps it fun and keeps it fresh and, and not knowing, you know, what every day is going to bring and, and always learning something new, I think is also something that keeps me going. Just like always being on my toes, haha, literally. So like, you know, I think just, just the, the freshness that it brings to my life and the ability to do what I love every single day. And it just, it never gets tiresome. I always want to do it. I always love to do it. And, and of course, at points you in your career, you have points where you're like, gee, it's getting a little complacent or, you know, maybe I, maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but it always seems to come back and it just seems to refresh me. Every time I step into that studio, I just get that feeling like I did on day one and it, it comes back every time. So do you have any like dancers or people you looked up to when you were first starting out or to this day? There are so many choreographers and teachers and educators and inspirers that inspire me, like, you know, to do what I do every day. I'm honestly probably 
Travis Wall is super big um, because he, he really pioneered the show. So you think you can dance? He really pushed that show forward and propelled that in such a positive direction that it really gave that commercial side of dance exposure to general public. Maybe people didn't know about that side of the industry it really allowed that to open up so i really look up to him in that way that he kind of pioneered that side of the industry through that platform and it was just awesome to see him kind of grow up and and become the dancer that he is and i would also also say um travis wall's mom denise wall she owns the studio still to this day and she has been teaching dance i would probably say for 35 plus years she is a big inspiration and I think just to have her and, and kind of see what she does and pull from that and try and apply that to my life and my in my everyday career I think is super awesome someone else I would say more of an educator side of it um, would be oh gosh um, Mark Miesmer is someone I look up to a lot and I would also say my dance teacher who has worked with me since I started her name is Carrie Sandberg um, she's She's not famous, uh, but she is famous in my eyes because she- She should be. <laughs> right, right. She has pushed me and has cultivated my, my talent and my skill from day one. Um, so she inspires me on the daily. Um, and I just, I love working with her. Cause like I said, I just, I feel that renewness and that freshness when I step into the studio with her. And I just feel like we are so equal-minded and we're like-minded that we, when we get together, we know we're gonna create and we know we're gonna create something so awesome and so like, you know, just watchworthy. And I think that I just, I don't get that feeling with any other teacher so I think with her it's Carrie Sandberg and she just she inspires me so much so I think I look up to, I look up to her a lot not only in her choreography and her teaching techniques but also just who she is as a person and how she is at the studio as well so she's just all the way around just an awesome awesome person yeah I think like especially for dance having that like chemistry and connection with your teacher I feel like that's really really important now <laughs> Totally, totally, you know, and, and a lot of times if you can find that early on and kind of stick with that one mentor or, you know, you work with, you just, you grow so close to them and you just, and you trust them, right? You have to have a lot of trust with who you're working with and who you're letting keep you and work with you in that area. So I, I and I totally do with her. It's, and that's just, it's just come to be an awesome relationship and I, I trust her with everything and more, you know, beyond dance as well. So she's just awesome. I look after her so much. So yeah, Travis Wall, Travis Wall's mom, Denise Wall, Mark Miesmer, who's a really nice uh, lyrical choreographer, and then my very own dance teacher from day one, Carrie Sandberg, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So when you first started, were you just kind of like, oh, I'm a natural? Or was that something you had to really work towards? Absolutely not. Um, and I, uh, I so wish I could just, you know, come out of the womb doing the splits. Although I will say I I was born pretty flexible, pretty naturally open-hipped. Um, so like, I, I have a lot of that um, and that just has come naturally. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have those talents, but like everything else, like quality of movement, texturing, um, technique, I, I've worked very, very hard for that. Um, and I, I would say every dancer would say that, that like none of that, the technical side comes easy to anybody unless you're like brilliant. But most dancers, I would say, you have to work for years to to delve and to cultivate and, and kind of work towards that level of, of technique and become a technician that you want to be. Um, so I would say for sure for me, I did not start as just this naturally graceful, amazing, awesome dancer. Um, and I would say I'm still on my way to that also. I, I would say I have a lot of room to grow. You know, I'm, I'm not all that in a bag of chips at all. I'm learning every day. I'm, I'm growing every day, which I think is awesome. You know, I, I, and I think that's another reason why it brings me so much joy because I'm, I'm never not learning a dance class. I'm always learning something new. I'm always learning a new way to attack something, a new way to texture movement, a new way to make things look innovative and, and, and 
expressive. So I just think that that's something that also brings me a lot of joy. But coming back to the question, I would say no. I did not start as a natural at all. I, I worked my way to where I am now, and I continue to work every day to kind of push to that next level, which, which I think every dancer would say for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So like what kind of like classes or training did you have to do to get to where you are now? I started, um, so this is a, a good story. I started uh, with my first year of dance taking one class. I took a lyrical class and I was like, this is great. I'm loving it. But it was only one hour a week and I was just so hungry for more. So I, I immediately the next year, I went from one class to 18 classes. Um, yeah, so I, I ramped it up immediately. And I would say um, an important thing to, to get that technique and to where I am now, um, like you asked, you know, like, what did I do to get that training? I would say just cross training in all styles. I, I worked in not just one style, but all styles because not um, everyone, everyone uh, may, may find this as a surprise, but all the styles really help each other. So if you are a really talented tap dancer, you're going to do great in, in all other styles because tap really cultivates that musicality and the, the timing and the tempo that you need for styles. And just like in ballet, ballet is the foundation of all movement. So if you're a really great ballet technician, you're going to be really, really good at jazz and lyrical because you have such that strong foundation of technique that you've gotten from ballet that that just can't help be infectious and spread to other styles. So I think that cross-training in all styles is super, super important and something that has really helped me become who I am now and just to, to have that ability to kind of train and not just one, but really spread myself across all the board and, and, and get, you know, little snippets from jazz and little snippets from modern, a little snippet from ballet and, you know, a little bit from hip hop and just, I think cross-training is so, so important and has gotten me to where I am now and has gotten me the ability to enjoy all styles as well, you know, have appreciation for everything, not just for one thing. And while you may have a favorite Style, but having an uh, equal or well uh, as well-loved appreciation for all styles has got me to where I am now, for sure, for sure. Are you, like, drawn to a particular one? I mean, of course, all of them kind of, like, help each other, but is there that one that you're just like, ah, oh, that's my that's my dance? For sure, absolutely. I say lyrical or contemporary um, because it's just so expressive, and it's, it, with lyrical especially, it's in the name. You're telling a story to the lyrics of the song, so lyrical for sure is something that I enjoy probably the most out of all the styles, and I would say a close second would probably be jazz just because it's a lot of fun and it's, uh, it's more relaxed and you can just have like a good time on stage when you're doing jazz. Whereas in lyrical, I love it because you can tell such an expressive story that sometimes, like I said in the beginning, you may not be able to get across with words as well as you can with movement. So I just think that's so beautiful that you can do that through dance and through movement. So I would say for sure I am drawn to lyrical more than the other styles. But like I said, I have a, a love for all the styles because they all help each other and they're all so much fun for sure. I feel like lyrical is the type of dance where you watch like America's Got Talent and everyone in the audience is like sobbing. That's <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. You're like, oh, I just, I love it. It's so great, which it is, you know, and if you get an audience to do that, that's the goal, right? To make it feel something, tell them a story that maybe they wouldn't be able to hear from one, like one another, like we're having a conversation right now. Maybe I couldn't tell you a story like this, but I could show you through it through movement. And I think that's what's so powerful about lyrical. And it's just, it's so moving, you know? So as an audience member, like I usually just kind of watch and observe, um, it looks so great on stage and it's so effortless, but obviously there's so much training and rehearsal. So I'm curious to know, like, what's the hardest part about being a dancer? 
I would say the hardest part about being a dancer, not only the fact that you have to spread yourself so wide and be able to be applicable and, and trainable and pretty good at everything to be a working professional, I would say that's, that's one portion, but also the other portion of it really being a challenge as a, as a performer and not only as a dancer, but just like a, a performer of any sort of theater or dance or art, art form is you practice and rehearse for months, sometimes even years on one piece and you get one moment and one moment only to to present that and show that and let that shine through. Whereas in baseball and soccer and football and water polo, you get, you know, you rehearse every week and then, you know, that Saturday you have a game or you have a tournament and you have that ability to show off what you've worked on that week. Whereas in dance, you work for weeks and months at a time to choreograph and to develop and cultivate skill and talent and, a, and really a piece of art, a three minute piece of art that you're going to present to people. Um, so I would say just the rehearsal process can be very, very long sometimes for what it feels like such a short time to live in that moment and share that story with others. So I would say that's probably the hardest part is you have a lot of rehearsal and practice for moments that seem very short, but also at the same time, that's so cool that you can kind of work and develop and, and aspire to to have that moment and you have all that time to work towards that yeah for sure and I, I just really admire your attitude about all this you're like oh I'm learning every single day I think that's super cool um and I feel like that's not even like a dance technical skill I feel like that's something outside are there any like skills that you think good dancers should have or like learn from being in dance that don't necessarily translate into like physical abilities or capabilities yeah, for sure. Um, I would say a big part of dance and being a, a employable and good workable dancer would be the whole mental side of it. Um, because as much as it is physical and you have to be strong and flexible and tangible and you know, willing to move in different ways, it, you also have to have such a strong mindset and such a strong passion and fire to drive you forward. Because like I said, in the, uh, well, I think the last question, you can get so complacent with having to rehearse for months before you get to perform that it can feel almost like down and like, well, gosh, I'm, I'm working for what, like, you know, three minutes to perform this one piece. So I think just having such a strong mindset and just that, that, that knowing that you, what you're doing and what you're working towards is, is going to pay off eventually. So I would say just that strong other side of dance is, is the, the mindset and the, the psychological side of it, knowing that you are working for something greater than what you think it is right now. So not only just, physical and the flexibility and, and the strength that it requires, of course it does, but you also need to have such a strong mindset in what you're doing and such a, a laser focus as well, because dance is a very fine art and it's it's so meticulous that you need, I mean, you're paying attention to every detail, like fingers and pointing your feet and like your your head placement. It's so down to every last minute detail that you have to be willing to have patience and and work on little things and not get frustrated very easy. So you just have to have that, that laser focus as well to understand that you know it's not going to be amazing the first time and you give yourself grace as well you know to to make mistakes and and learn from them and grow from them honestly so i would say the mental status of, of where you are in your training is just as equally as important as it is to be strong and flexible and the whole physical side to dancing as well yeah so there's this phrase i'm sure you're aware of it called stage fright and so did you kind of like experience that? Like, you know, you're like backstage about to go on and you're like, oh my God, people are going to be watching. Like, did you ever have one of those moments? For sure. For sure. When I first started dancing, I was so afraid to get out there because just like with anything, and, and maybe I'm sure you've experienced this too as an artist and as, as a speaker and things like that, when you aren't as talented as you think you should be, you're scared to 
other people. And you're like, well, what are they going to, are they going to judge? Are they going to think I'm not good enough? And I think just really learning to get out of that headspace and kind of switch your, your point of view and realize that you're doing it for yourself because it brings you joy. You're not there to please other people while other people are watching and they can enjoy what you're doing. It's not about getting their judgment, their critique and, and listening to necessarily everything they have to say. Um, so I think for sure, I absolutely experienced stage fright and, and that nervousness before you're about to go on stage and show someone and show a full audience what you've been working on for months. So I think that itself, that whole idea is very, very scary. Um, but for me, I think I just had to kind of tell myself that I have an audience of one, uh, which is me. Uh, and I am doing this because it brings me joy. I'm doing it because it brings me happiness. I'm not here to please other people with what I'm doing. If you love it, great, come watch. But if you don't, you're more than welcome. The door is right there. You know what I mean? And, 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 and not in a rude way at all in the most positive way possible you know and a lot of people i feel like don't get on stage and don't speak in public and don't do things in front of other people because they're so afraid of the judgment or the shame or the thoughts of other people and i think if you can get out of that headspace like i said and just kind of switch your perspective and understand that you're doing it for yourself and you're bettering yourself and you're going to grow from experiences like that and i always tell myself when i get afraid before i go on stage that like this will not be the last hard or scary or nerve-wracking thing that i have to do in my life so i'm only going to grow from that experience like if i have to go on stage you know in front of a big audience or maybe i'm going on like the first time i was on stage at osha um the first time i did my first first commercial dance show I was so afraid because you're surrounded by so many talented dancers that you feel like you need to rise to the occasion or else you're going to judge people are going to prove you and I think if you just tell yourself that, like I said you're doing it for yourself and to not be afraid of that judgment is just so important so important yeah and I think it shines through like when people are performing but they're afraid it's kind of like the audience kind of feels that too but if you're on stage and you're like confident you like put them at ease as well yeah and you kind of yeah. like enjoy it's it together watch yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> we were speaking about getting nervous on stage but i'm curious to know if there was any like moments on stage that happened that you just like can kind of laugh about today maybe in the moment it wasn't as funny but like now looking back <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure um i've had more than i can count but if, if you are answer are you are you really telling the truth when you say you haven't a mess up on stage like you you're gonna you're bound to experience it at some point whether that be in rehearsal or performance you're gonna mess up and you can laugh at it like you said years later in the moment it's definitely not funny because you think you feel the embarrassment from it and you're like oh my gosh what did I do but in, in in months later years later you're like well that was just funny and you can laugh on it i think the first thing that comes to mind for me was i was at a, like a high school uh, high school performance my studio was doing this like showcase like fundraiser type of event and we were doing uh, a dance called the Christmas Can Can. And it's a very goofy, funny, silly, you know, like laughable dance to start with. We were doing the kick line. And I was like, okay, well, this should go well. Like, you know, rehearsal went well, the staging and the space went well. Why would it go bad now? But you get on stage and we start the kick line and I get about two kicks in and I lose my footing and I fall flat on my rear end in front of everybody. And you just hear the whole audience go like, like the whole, like a gap went over the entire audience. And I was like, well, okay. So I stood back up and my, my fellow dancers, my, my peers were like looking at me, still kicking, right? Cause you're not supposed to like, just stop. Everyone kept going. I got back up and I, I got back in the kick line and it was, it was probably the funniest moment, but also the most like fun experience because I got back up and I, I started kicking again because it was a pretty fairly long kick line and the, the whole audience started clapping and I was like that just like I just felt that joy and that like that and like you know and, and understandable like the audience gets it like I'm human just as much as they're human so it's like oh, yes you're watching a show and you're expecting amazingness and perfection 
you understand that like when mess ups happen, we're human just like you are. So it's like they're, they're bound to happen. And if they don't happen in your career, like just wait, cause it will. And then like, like I said, years later, you can go back and laugh at it and, and, and think about like how funny that was. And that was just such an awesome moment for me because I just felt like the audience was so supportive in that moment. Like it wasn't like, oh gosh, like what did we just pay for? We didn't come to see you fall, but it was like, they understood, right? Because like dance is hard and it's, it's not a very athletic type of thing. So you have to be strong to do it and flexible to do it. So I think they were just super supportive, but at the same time, it was so funny. Like I've, I've never done that. I've never fallen on my butt on stage before, but I did. And it's a very humbling experience. Let me, let me say. <laughs> no, definitely. That I'm glad we can like laugh about these things. I feel like the best part of like theater is being able to say, Hey, there was this one time where I totally forgot my line. <laughs> And I just started, you know, like stuff like that. I feel like that's what makes it worth it, which sounds weird, but you know, it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right now we're in quarantine. So how have you been like continuing dance at home? I have been continuing, uh, obviously by taking class virtually. Um, and it, it's been super awesome that there's been so much material and classes out there for dancers to take. The dance community really has strung together quite strong in my opinion and they offered so many classes free, um, both free uh, affordable payments if you have to do pay for it. It has been really affordable lately. Um, and there's been a lot of classes like I said that have been free so that's just so awesome that we all get the opportunity to continue our training because with dance if you don't, if you are not constantly dancing, if you're not constantly stretching, if you're not constantly moving you can lose a lot of what you've gained over the, the months that you've been working. Um, so I think for me personally, uh, and like with school, you know, conservatory uh, continued through March when we first went out. Um, commercial dance was super great about switching to that online material, super quick and super innovative. You know, we we danced in our homes, and while it may have been a challenge, I think just the idea that we were able to continue with training was so awesome because, like I said, if you get complacent in what you're doing, you're bound to lose flexibility and talent and 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 muscle. So if you can continue doing that, um, that's super super awesome. Um, so yeah, I've just been taking a lot of outside classes um, from people that I normally wouldn't even be able to take class from in the beginning because people from like other countries have been offering free classes and now through zoom the platform you're able to take classes from all over the place and workshops from like anywhere that they're doing them which is super awesome because like if i if we didn't have zoom and this wouldn't have happened i probably wouldn't have been able to take class from people in other countries just by the means of getting there and things like that so i just think that's so cool that you're able to do that and people have been putting that material out there and those opportunities out there and if you're looking for them and you're hungry for it they're there and you just have to jump on it so i i think for me personally just taking class and and continuing to train and stretch on my own uh, and be proactive and independent about all that as well um doing it personally and having that drive and that determination to continue continually to better yourself every day and um, is just is so important as well yeah and you're an amazing dancer by the way i mean i've seen firsthand your Thank you. oh my god effortless effortless oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and i mean i feel like other people think so too you went on tour which is crazy that's amazing yeah yeah it was awesome could you just tell us about that experience i mean being on a dance tour nationwide yeah, that's yeah. so cool for sure it was it was awesome and really awesome experience i went on a, a on tour with a convention uh, art of movement dance convention um and they 
they are basically what a dance convention is, is they gather a staff of maybe seven to 10 teachers, uh, professional working industry dancers, people that are experts in their field and in their styles. And they kind of gather them together and they go on tour. They travel different cities and states, um, at different regions all across the United States. And some conventions go all over the world. Um, but mine was just domestic. So in the United States, but it was still super awesome because I was able to be an apprentice with this convention. They have what's called the Academy. So I was able to work firsthand and one-on-one -on -one with these, these amazing teachers and staff members on, and learning the circuit and the do's and don'ts of auditioning and working with the convention and working on a convention and the life of being on tour and how to, how to deal with that and what that is like when you're doing it year round. So it was just really, really awesome. And then not to mention that we were always taking class, which is awesome because the more class you can get, the better you become. So um, it was just really awesome that we were able to work with them. Um, but yeah, it was just a really, really awesome, humbling experience that I was able to go to these different cities um, almost every weekend. Um, we were, it felt like every weekend we were in a new city, which was awesome. And it was just a really awesome learning full experience that I was able to move and, and, and dance with different people from all over the country that I normally wouldn't have been able to do, um, which is like, like I said at the beginning when like this whole Zoom platform and working with people that you normally wouldn't be able to work with, this convention is the same idea. In a coronavirus-free world, conventions would be awesome, you know, to be able to do that. Um, and they are slowly making a comeback and I do hope to continue to do that and if I can this year go on another tour. But it was just a really awesome experience getting to work with these teachers one-on-one -on -one and then just see all these dancers from all over the place and see the passion and the talent that they bring to the room and just get inspired by that honestly and just and see what other people have out there and the other work and material and the choreography and the staging and just the talent that's out there is endless. And if you are looking for it and you're intentional about it, you're guaranteed excuse me, guaranteed to find it. So I think just being on tour with that is just an awesome opportunity to see what's out there and what's in your field and in your industry. Um, so it was just really cool and it was fun. I had so much fun. We just, you make so many great connections with these teachers and the other apprentices as well. So your, your peers and your friends that are doing it with you, you just grow so close to them because you're literally in a hotel for four days together and you're, you're working and you're dancing and you're learning and then like after it's all done after the day you go out to dinner you get ice cream and you just you bond and you make lifelong friendships I would say for sure so like a lot of the friends that I've met through this convention and this tour I will be friends with from forever you know I've just made a lot of lifelong friends which is awesome and I can't say that about a lot of other experiences so it was just all around a really positive learning full experience for sure all right so right now we're going to take a short break but we'll see you afterwards for more questions with Jonah so stay tuned So welcome back. Um, so Jonah, you're not only a very gifted dancer, you are a lifestyle and fashion blogger, which I think is super cool. So could you tell us a little bit about your blog, Modern Fashion Refinery? Yeah, absolutely. So I started that blog, uh, I would say three or four years ago, um, and it kind of came out of the blue. You know, I, I, I've always loved fashion and just clothing and, and piecing together outfits and things like that and helping people feel comfortable in, in their skin. Um, so I think that's just an awesome, awesome platform that a lot of people are, are very deep into. Um, so I started that blog very, like I said, very sporadic. It just kind of came about and I was actually doing a pilot for a TV show and, and I was being the fashion expert on the TV show, which is super, super fun. Yeah, it was an awesome pilot. And uh, I was, the, like I said, the fashion expert. So I started that blog kind of in conjoints uh, with the show. And it was just really awesome because it was just something that I never thought I would really get into until that opportunity 
opportunity kind of came through the door and I was like, wait a minute, I might actually really like this. So I, I kind of just started doing it more religiously and it just kind of took off. And uh, it's just been a, a really fun experience because I love writing and blogging and uh, sharing experiences and stories with different audiences and different uh, mediums and modes of, of speaking, not only through, like I said, podcasts and interviews, but also writing blogs and, and writing things through text and print. I think it's an awesome way to like I said, to continue to tell stories and just share your message with other people. So that blog really has been a platform to share what I love about fashion and that industry and just get people to hopefully feel comfortable in their skin. Yeah. So you wrote in your, one of your blog posts, how like fashion's like more than just like shopping and designer clothes, like there's a lot more to it. So what's your definition of fashion? My definition of fashion, um, of course, is, is clothing and brands and designer and designing and, and, and things like that, of course, that has a part to play in it. But I think fashion is also a, a major part of it is, is doing and feeling and dressing in what you feel comfortable in. And it's hard to wear something that you don't feel comfortable in, obviously, right? If the clothes are too tight or if you just feel uncomfortable, it's hard to feel confident in yourself. So I'm a big, big believer that you can't really love who you are and be confident and walk in that confidence every day unless you love what you're wearing because a lot of it just starts with what you're wearing. And if you have like your favorite shirt on, you just carry this different type of confidence and walk and just air about you uh, when you're wearing your favorite shirt versus when you're wearing some, you know, crummy old little pajama shirt, right? You just feel different. So I think fashion for me especially is just being able to wear what you feel comfortable and confident in and, and being able to walk in that because if you're wearing something you like and you think you look great in, you probably do, chances are. And and it just it just brings this different type of personality out. And I think that that's just so cool that like simply by what you're wearing can make you feel and look and, and sound and just act different. And I just think that's so cool. So fashion not only is the shopping and designing portion of it, but it's also the confidence that comes with the clothing. So how can listeners like get involved or like find your blog and like learn? Yeah, awesome. Um, so it's called Modern Fashion Refinery. So if you go to Google and use Google Modern Fashion Refinery, it'll come up and you can kind of click on that website and look around and feel free to read any of the blog posts and just kind of get more known about what I, my view on fashion and my view on clothes are, and just hopefully learn more about yourself in the midst of it too, and, and realize how much that you can enjoy it as well, right? It's not only just for me, and oh, I want to write this because I think I look, I, you know, I look great in this, or I think people are going to help us, but like, I think reading someone else's blog posts, if it's a great blog post, it'll make you feel differently, and it might even make you think so I think my goal with that, and, and if you are looking for something that's going to inspire you and hopefully change your train of thought on maybe what you maybe just think fashion is, or maybe broaden your spectrum on what you think fashion is, I think for sure that would be the blog site for you. So if you want, again, it's called Modern Fashion Refinery. And uh, if you can get involved, like I said, it's on the website. We have an Instagram, so you can find it there. We have a Facebook page. So yeah, all those different platforms you can find it on and just read away. So you're also doing um, something cool on your Instagram and like other social media handles. Um, Word of the week. Could you tell us a little bit about Word of the week? Yes. So I, I just recently started this new kind of idea. Uh, it's called Word of the Week. And uh, basically what it is, is I give my my viewers and my audience a word every single week that will hopefully inspire them um, and I uh, and kind of cultivate and, and push their life in a positive direction because I'm a, I'm a big, I call myself a wordy. I love using big words. I love tournament essays. I love talking and, and very fun, you know, big vocabulary ways. So I think for me, words have always been a really fun way of communication. So I was like, why not take the idea and hopefully inspire and share to others? So word of the really is, is meant to inspire you to 
think differently and hopefully apply that word to yourself because a lot of the words I give um, are, are very, they're positive words, of course, and uh, they're just, they're very applicable in my opinion. I think that they are easy words that you can work in not only to your vocabulary, but your actions and your daily life. That If you can find a way to kind of move in that that word whatever the word happens to be if you can find a way to live that word for that week and hopefully live that word forever um that that will change your life and that will push you in a more positive and professional and successful direction yeah so so far what has been your favorite word or like the word that you're kind of like this is the secret like this is the key yeah that's a great question because i love all the words i've done so far i want to say i've done seven six or seven words so far um it's very very new and i hope to continue doing it i will for sure um but i would say my favorite word i've done that's a great question probably my first one because i felt really strongly about it and the word is it's a funny word it's yes and my message with the word yes was that if what if we just lived a week maybe even a month but we're going to start with a week what if we just lived a week where we said yes to everything that came through every opportunity that came through what if we just said yes you know that someone that friend that we haven't talked to in a while what if we just said yes to talking to them what if we said yes to going on that coffee date that maybe we're not sure about or if we're not really sure if we want to go out that day what if we just said yes how would that change our train of thought and the trajectory of where we're taking our life and trying that on a larger scale as well how can you try maybe say yes for a month, maybe say yes for a year. Of course, that's a much bigger feat to take on, but how would we change and how would we develop and cultivate as a person if we just said yes? So that was probably my favorite word because I have been challenging myself ever since I've done that video to say yes to everything that's come through. And I have absolutely seen a change in just my joy and my happiness and my, my daily life of just saying yes, because you don't realize how many opportunities you, you let slip through or you miss by saying no, not today, or maybe later. Right. If you if you just hop on the opportunity and say yes, you will see an instant change on your mood and the people around you and just how much fun you're having in life. Right. Because life is supposed to be fun. And I think if you were just to say yes to everything, we could have a lot more fun in life as well. So that was probably my favorite word, the word yes. I, I love your yeah. word of the weeks. Um, and I'm kind of curious how you like come up with your words or you're like, oh, this is the word for this week. Like, where do you kind of like draw that inspiration? That's a great question. I have a lot of like in my, it's just in my own brain. I have a lot of words that I think that have helped me get to where I am now. And I, and I just know that if they've helped me, they're guaranteed to help somebody else. So I, if I'm, if I have this platform and I've been blessed with this ability to speak and, and to just to be listened to that I should use that in a positive and propelling way. So I think I just have, I mean, like I said, I have a big long list of words in my head that I could like, I could give an hour Ted talk on all the words that you should live by, but I'm doing it week by week. So I would say, where I pull my inspiration from is like, I, I really try and think what word that I would like to live that week and what would really help me that week. Because I really have this train of thought that if it's going to help me, it's going to help somebody else because I'm not the only one that's feeling that way or I'm not the only one that's going through that situation. So I, I feel that if I am experiencing it, if I'm living it, someone else is guaranteed to as well. So if I can help myself, why not help others as well? So I think where I get my inspiration from is just what, what word really resonates with me most that week and what connects with me most and what inspires me most that week and what what can I do to help that and push that out to other bigger larger platforms and audiences because like I said if it's, if it's helping me it is more than likely going to help somebody else so I would say my inspiration just comes from what am I experiencing what am I living what am I going through that week and how can I help myself and others during that time 
So kind of shifting gears here, um, you spoke, you speak a lot about like having like self-confidence and like loving yourself. And I'm kind of curious to know, like, what kind of effect will that have on our lives if we have a different kind of mindset? I would say for sure that that's, uh, like I said, a great question. And if we can learn to to love ourselves a little bit more, give ourselves grace in moments of, of triumph and, and fear and maybe even anxiety, giving ourselves the ability to say it's okay and just love ourselves even during the hard times, you'll see such a change in the atmosphere and the community that you bring around yourself and the, the aura and just the, the personality that you give off to other people. If you love yourself first, if you think of yourself amazing first before you think of other people as ama- these amazing awesome human beings that are inspiring and great if you think of yourself that way just think about how many other people you can inspire because you don't realize it but there's a lot of people in your life who look up to you and and you really are a a steadfast for a lot of people in your life so loving yourself and having that self-confidence is such a key to helping inspire other people and motivate other people to continue with what they're doing so it's hard to do that it's hard to inspire and motivate other people if you can't do that for yourself so i think it's just important to carry that not only for yourself but so that other people can kind of vibe off that with you and and you just not only inspiring yourself and your community but you're inspiring other people as well. You know, you're, you're really walking with and in connection and in relation with other people by loving yourself and knowing yourself first and that you can spread that to other people for sure. For sure. All right. So now it's time for a question from one of our awesome listeners. So via from New York, New York, which is amazing, by the way, I, anyway, <laughs> she wants to know what aspect of the dance industry do you wish could change? That's a great question. There's so, not, not that there's so many things I wish I could change, but there's a lot of things that I wish would just innovate and create and kind of go further in what they are and how deep they are. I wish we could further that for sure. But if I had to pick one thing, gosh, that's a great, great question. Um, I would say just the, the stigma on, on having masculine and feminine sides of dance. I would say for sure, and I've spoken on this before in in other interviews and and podcasts, and the ability to take away the idea that you have to move masculine, you have to move feminine, you are doing something, oh, that looks too feminine or that looks too masculine. Why can't you do both? So I think if I could one thing, I would change the stigma and the judgment and the opinion in that whole realm of, of you have to dance one way. You either have to dance very feminine or you have to dance very masculine. You can't have a mix of both because it's just confusing for the audience, which is, in my opinion, so untrue because we're always pushing and we're always innovating to have more textures, to be that well-rounded dancer, to be able to do both sides of the ball. So why can't we be able to do both masculine and feminine, right? Because I believe we all have both sides in us naturally. We all can be more masculine some days and we all can be more feminine some days. So I, if we can just kind of touch on that and, and, and that just takes, and that's going to take a long time to shift that, that change of thought and that just that atmosphere that you can have both styles and still be just as employable, just as talented. And if not more talented, because you are able and you're capable to do both things. So I would say, Uh, to that listener, if I could change one thing, it would be to change that stigma and the judgment and just that train of thought that you can only dance as in a masculine or feminine version of yourself that you can't have both. I would absolutely change that stigma, like I said, because it's just so not true. Yeah. And like, I feel like as an audience member, like having both, it's so much more interesting. Things can get predictable after a while, but if you have like a blend and you're versatile, I think that's a strength. It's definitely not a weakness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. 
So we've reached the end of the interview. I've had so much fun talking to you, Jonah. I can't express um, how much I've learned and how like inspiring you've been. So my final question before we leave is, if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? Whatever you're thinking about, whatever decision that you're pondering about right now, whether that be relational or economical or you're choosing between a college or a career path, if, you, if you're sitting in a decision like that, don't be afraid to take a bold decision. Live with more boldness. Live with more fearlessness. Have the confidence that I know you have and that you know you have within you and live with that. So if you're, if you're on the verge of making a very important decision, if you're on the verge of you know, a decision that may be life-changing, if it is something that you need to you know, make a decision and it could change the trajectory of what you're doing in your career path, whether you be 15 or 55, I believe that if you live with confidence and with boldness and you live every day fearless, not being afraid of what decisions you make could change because if they do change and they change for the better, hey, isn't that what you wanted in the first place? So I would say if I had one thing to tell every single person would be to live fearlessly to to get out of your headspace and to live every day as if it is your last because it is such a gift for us to have this life and to and to change have the opportunity to, to change people and to change the world so don't don't be hesitant in that don't live just a little bit in that live the fullness of that and and just go out there and be fearless and be bold and make big bold choices because chances are they're going to be good ones to learn more about jonah follow him on instagram at jonah boswell He has an amazing Word of the Week series that is sure to help inspire you to live a happier and more successful life. And if you like this episode or any episodes prior, be sure to leave a rating or review. I love hearing what you guys have to say about the podcast. Talk to you soon.